Hi, I am Chitra. I am Madhvi. I am Jyoti. I'm Suchitra. Together we are your hosts on the Edge podcast. We bring you stories and experiences from our experiments around learning, marketing and design. These are stories of people, technology and people interacting through technology of what we see, create and recommend. A clack is a group of professional applauders positioned in theaters or opera houses. Clackers, that is members of a clack, have been used since Emperor Nero, whose performances were applauded by 5000 soldiers. Their job was to applaud a performance, encouraging others to do the same. Cut to the 21st century, products or services place fake reviews and biased ratings or include celebrity testimonials to influence people's purchasing decisions. Humans have since the beginning looked out for social proof. We never quite leave behind that tendency to To look at others for clues when we are uncertain or confused about what to do in a situation. Hello and welcome to the Edge Podcast. Today, here is another episode of the Rarely Rational series. Joining me to brew some interesting conversations on this bias is my cool co-host Jyoti. Hi, Jyoti. Hi, Suchi. And in today's episode, we have a guest with us who is a techie UX person and is full of Josh. How is your Josh kind of person and wit? and it is our epic storyteller chitra gurjar hi chitra hi suchi hi jyoti uh, that was a very kind and generous welcome thank you so much we'd glad to have you back in this episode chitra yeah glad to be here this is uh, this series i think has been very interesting i hope listeners are finding it interesting as well but it's really piqued my curiosity so thanks to the two of you for keeping this going and let's see what we can talk about today that's great So without much ado let's get started. Have you ever heard of this uh, Jolo chip challenge? Yeah, we did something like that in uh, office, right? Yeah. In office the other day our teammates were talking about this Jolo chip challenge and I was like super confused what actually this I was thinking about some technical stuff but the challenge is you need to eat a spiciest chili chip just one chip okay? and that would cost you like close to 200 rupees and after taking that chip you can't even have water speech or any other stuff and it was trending then and everyone wanted to try that i was kind of puzzled why would anyone do this and i think our colleagues also took up this challenge as it was a trend so can you imagine someone spending rupees 200 for a chip and that may have some effect on your health too just because everyone was doing it we were tempted to do so right so the reason i wanted to talk about this jolo chip challenge is to we just get tempted to do something just because a group of people are doing it and or it is a trend so in today's episode we are going to talk about a bias that is something very similar to the experience that we discussed so in today's episode we will be talking about the bandwagon effect jyoti do you have any idea as what this bandwagon effect is yeah i think the tendency of doing something just because other people are already doing or it is how a particular idea can become famous or is adopted just because a majority of people are behaving in the same way right so jolo chip challenge was a good example yeah. how you know our own teammates you know supported. we went to the trend 
Yes. Yeah. And I have another scenario, you know, I think we've commonly seen in our streets where you see a, a crowd thronging these construction sites and kind of seeing these excavators digging. It starts with like, say, one person and then gradually more people just go there and stand just to see, you know, a seemingly mundane activity. But apparently this also is a social experiment which was conducted to show that how social proof or this kind of uh, jumping on the bandwagon to do a particular thing. So this is probably an ex- example that I wanted to share of how I have uh, seen, you know, this bandwagon effect in a day-to-day life. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty much the uh, thought like, okay, just because they are doing it, you can also do it and it's pretty safe. Yeah, that's the... Uh, bias we are talking about today yeah so chitra do have any experience like that yeah certainly and and i think all of us have had it and you know to just what suti said now to feel safe i think fundamentally and i think we've spoken about these uh, where this stems from in some previous episodes Mm -hmm. as human beings we are social beings like you said jyoti and we all have a need to belong and the that need to belong once it's satisfied also results in the feeling of safety safety in numbers Mm. right it's a very very basic instinct or a, a feeling that all of us as human beings have and the other thing being that we always want to be on the winning side yeah. right in fact we see this playing out politicians exploit this quite heavily yeah and i believe that's where the term the bandwagon effect came from <laughs> when uh, in the early 19th century somebody actually started uh, touring around and adding drama to the ba- uh, literally a wagon and uh, people started hopping on because they wanted to be part of the fun and frolic that was associated with mm. what this man was doing and politicians began to observe that and picked it up and began to drive their campaigns in similar fashion yeah. and so on we certainly see this i think i've succumbed to it especially when i was younger uh, you know in school you want to belong to groups so once one person actually starts doing something or a group of people start doing something everybody jumps on because you want to be part of it mm. you don't want to feel excluded or yeah. left out and i think in today's day and age it's both a good thing and a bad thing i wouldn't qualify it actually that way there are there are two sides to any such behavioral tendency right one mm. can have a positive outcome the other can have a not so positive outcome so to come back to my own experience i think um, in my career when i have seen decisions or being made about what the next feature in a product should be i think it's played out both ways on the one hand there was this there was this one particular feature we were debating as to whether to put it in a product we knew that it was fairly complex it would take a lot of time and due diligence by the development team to ensure that it fit into the larger ecosystem of the product it was going to take time and what we really didn't have was a line of sight into how many customers were actually asking for it we were sort of relying on very little information at that time so this is the factual part of the situation the other part was you know it was a large cross functional team they were close to about 140 engineers on this whole project sales team pressure was there saying that we will realize a couple of 100 million dollars of revenue over the next few months so there were different kind of factors playing in and one could very clearly see the dynamic in the room when the decision was being taken in terms of whether to build this product or whether to defer it. Yes, there were there was due consideration in terms of the risks, in terms of the revenue, in terms of the time to deliver and all of those factors. 
But what I did notice was that there was a tendency to want to do it versus considering giving or doing due diligence on the uh, facts of the matter. Mm. So this is why I say there's no good outcome or bad outcome. We eventually signed up to do it. It took almost double the time than estimated. It ultimately didn't bring in as much revenue. But at that time, the mood of the room was, okay, everybody wants to make a go of it. Let's make a go of it. And classically, that's how the decision got made. Bandwagon effect. So yeah, there you go. That's my experience. So Chitra, we have been talking about all these personal experiences and the career related or our professional experiences, right? So I'm quite curious to know how this bandwagon effect has an impact on the UX industry because we are doing a lot of episodes on the UX and the experiences and the research, right? So what do you think or how is it impacting the UX industry? Thank you for that question, Suchi. Uh, I think in user experience design, this is something that we all have to be aware of. I can't say that we can completely eliminate it. It's just a function of the society that we live in and the mm. ecosystem that we're surrounded with. So I'll start with talking about, let's say, user research, which mm. is probably the first step in any experience design that you do. What if you are actually sitting in front of a person who already is coming with this bias to the table and answering your questions? How do you deal with that? So let's say you have a product which is competing, for the sake of simplicity, with the likes of an Instagram okay, and you're trying to build what you think is a better product than Instagram and the person you're talking to constantly says that oh you know but Instagram's already out there mm. I get everything that I want the latest and greatest designers and chefs and they're all there they're, people are conducting business on Instagram so why should I move from there how would you deal with a situation like that how would you continue to ask your questions one of the things that can happen in a situation like this, you actually come away because the person is so strong about their beliefs in the power of a certain product and its capabilities that you actually come away with nothing. Yeah. But how do you stay in that conversation and probe a little deeper? So for example, if this person is continually insisting on the fact that Instagram is going to be their go-to channel or uh, the way they conduct business or that will be their first social media platform of choice to market their product and solutions. I think you can start by asking what makes you think so? Mm. And start with a question. And then go on to what we've talked about in earlier episodes is the five whys. Why do you think that way? Mm. What makes it so special? So then that gives you insights into things like perceived ease of use, the fact that, you know, some of us, me included, I have a few apps on my phone and I just want to continue using them. Mm. I don't want to uninstall them and move on to something mm. new. It could be a lot of those factors. So I think the ability to recognize that the person you are interviewing in the course of a user search exercise is being influenced by this effect can uh, you know you can counter that by staying in the conversation a little longer by steering the questions making them a little more open-ended showing genuine curiosity and enthusiasm to investigate why this individual is heading in a particular direction or not the second case is where let's say there's a group of uh, designers engineers and, and a product development team that's sitting in a room and trying to brainstorm about ways of solving a problem. So typical things when you encounter group think, yeah. group think is an effect of the, is an outcome of the bandwagon effect. Yeah is you'll see people saying that, oh, I thought of the same idea too. Oh, this mm -hmm. is a great idea. Oh, this was my idea. 
this was you know something that i came across <laughs> and you you'll see these things and uh, at that point i think use the same technique is while that's a fabulous idea what made you think about it mm. and it completely then can shift the focus of the mood from being one of hey let's join this bandwagon and let's just get done with it let's all sign up for it and let's make this happen to let's look at it a little bit objectively what are we trying to solve one of the things is a technique that i've used often is how do you think that what you're suggesting will impact our product because very often in such discussions in the anxiousness to get consensus or you know we are running short of time and we really have to make a decision on this there are various factors that play into it or there is too much information there is information overload and people quickly want to sift through it and you know get done with the decision ask a question saying how do you think this will solve the problem another question could be where do you think that uh, you know what are the pros and cons of such a situation right. so these are a few simple tips in in these situations that could help to counter the bandwagon effect but one thing that i also want to say is that the bandwagon effect like any other thing has two sides to it the other side is when we are building products and designing for great user experiences we long for social proof yeah right we want somebody to come back and say hey your product was great and not only somebody we want lots of people to come back and say your product was great and you want people to recommend it that's how you want to grow your business and so on so it's it's a double edged sword in some sense right. but i think if designers are cognizant of it you will also find ways of navigating it i think breaking the group think mm. will probably give you better ideas to emerge out there and especially if uh, like you said right in uh, in the ideation process when we are sitting together in a group and trying to come up with ideas in designing you know and if you think about the ux uh, life cycle and in the process where we are brainstorming thinking or questioning why a particular idea is nice or different yeah. will help us get more solutions to our problem rather than just saying okay i i also thought about the same and you know let's stick to the same uh, yeah. uh, idea yeah. Yeah. right yeah i think uh, social proof was a, a good point that you brought up when you spoke about recommendations and testimonials if you see how marketers use this bandwagon effect for uh, increasing conversions or sales i think the the whole con concept of reviews and ratings have emerged out of this you know cognitive bias that people use right the more uh, good ratings or more uh, reviews that uh, a product shows the more number of people try to accept that product just because you know the majority view says that the product is good yes I, and i think that's one of the it, it's a fact that we just have to accept today it's a situation rather than a fact i'd say it's a situation that we have to accept today but i think as long as we are aware of what's coming to the forefront for example in the last couple of years i've realized that the more i see something being rated and highly reviewed and five stars all over the place hmm. i'd rather take have a tendency to take a step back and actually talk to people if i can Mm. who have actually experienced it mm. and what i have realized is you're you're more likely to get a more grounded opinion hmm. what i like to call it. 
they will share with you pros and cons. And then I feel that at least empowers me to take a more informed decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel, you know, I'm not as clouded as it were mm-hmm. uh, by saying that everybody is going for it. And so let me go and watch it or let me go and experience it. Sorry. And I said, watch it because this happens a lot in the realm of TV shows and films also. That mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of people that say that, hey, don't watch this. It's really a waste of time. <laughs> and I've oftentimes yeah. found just experimenting <laughs> yeah. that when you go and watch it, it isn't all that bad as they said it was. So yeah. they yeah. so those are things that I'm consciously doing now. It's helped me develop my own view of things. Right. I think this thought process also comes with the experience, Chitra. But I think in the recent times, we were also talking about the social media impact and all, right? For the marketing people do use Instagram as you were just quoting. So what happens is there are a lot of influencers who get this paid partnership and as they start uh, promoting or uh, do some publicity for this product, people think, okay, the celebrity or the influencers are using it and then you could also try this. So what your thought on this uh, Jyoti and Chitra? Yeah, I I mean, I think in the current uh, social media age, I have definitely used a lot of products based on, you know, uh, YouTube uh, recommendations or you you have experts talk about uh, a particular product, uh, for example, say gadgets, Uh, YouTubers who are experts in reviewing such products and uh, talking about any uh, services uh, in, in such a good way that they market it well and These kind of testimonials are also building up a lot of revenue to uh, brands and uh, companies, right? Uh, For example, uh, if I have to see Amazon, the reviews, it's not just limited to people just rating those five stars or four stars. The way they include uh, videos with people actually showing the product and saying how it has been uh, delivered to them and, you know, the whole unboxing of a particular product. I think all are uh, definitely have influenced me in, you know, buying something that I want to and uh, like you said you know it's a double-edged sword so I do have seen the positive side of this and I will jump into the bandwagon eventually and say okay if you know so many people are right it might be right kind of a a, you know um, mood there. So that has pushed you in buying products because of the the bandwagon effect yes, definitely uh I, I do in a lot of cases rely on such reviews yeah you have to be careful probably think twice but uh, at least nowadays i mean i think there are uh, brands at least you know are being cautious in uh, uh, trying to differentiate between uh, you know they even um, say whether he is a verified buyer or not against you know any review given so i think these uh, small aspects of the way an app is delivered also makes uh, a lot of difference if our uh, user or a customer yeah i think to to add to what jyoti said is i think at the end of the day like if, if you're talking about unboxing videos and especially for uh, products i'd say gadgets if, if i were to go with that you know rather than i recently got a new computer and my criteria were very specific it, it's got to be lightweight i can't carry heavy laptops anymore i knew the kind of work that i'd be doing and so i was pretty clear on what specifications i wanted in the machine and affordability for me was a big factor as well so while you know i went through a couple of people who did the unboxing and gave reviews on certain products uh, i did notice one thing after watching two or three people doing this 
mm. is that there was an element of authenticity and genuineness. They weren't actually only trying to sell the product or uh, while they were getting paid by various brands for doing it, what I appreciated was that they brought a degree of authenticity mm. to the whole video that somehow came through. It was not that they were obsessively trying to sell one over the other or not. And, and I really appreciated the fact that they said, consider your needs. Mm-hmm. Keep your needs. What is it that you are looking for rather than just going for what people are saying about the brand? Yeah. And I think to me as a consumer, that would matter. And I think if I were wearing the hat of a person in charge of a product, I'd do the same thing. I'd very clearly say what it can do. I'd very clearly say what it can't do as well. And I think, and, and leave it there. This is my view. Yeah. Another example I think I thought of is in um, how, uh, you know, these services use, for example, say Netflix. Hmm. You know, there are so many uh, choices for you to choose from. And I like the... You know, these are what most of the users have been watching or, you know, the top 10 in India or top 10 around your locality. That kind of a list that a lot of brands have come up with or examples like along with this purchase, these are what most people have been, uh, you know, buying. (laughs) You know, Jyoti, I still feel that's the bandwagon. Yeah, it is. It is actually. It is definitely the bandwagon effect. That's how they're using, right? And trying to influence people to, uh, or uh, I'm trying to say like how maybe uh, these services services are introducing this bandwagon effect to kind of make it easy for people to make a choice mm-hmm. in a place where there is a lot of um, we're spoiled for, for choices, choices. Yeah. exactly so so to this I just want to go back and say I was thankful like I was blissfully choiceless when I was growing up <laughs> I, and I think I really I realize the value of being in a state like that today because I see that people, when they have too much choice, I think that information overload is something that tends to then result in something like a bandwagon effect, isn't it? True. And I also remember about our conversation in our previous episode, Jyoti, about the hyperbolic discounting, right? So the moment you are uh, showing multiple choices, instead of just spending 500, you end up spending 1,500, which uh, could have been in your account as well, right? So I think all these are uh, the marketing techniques that people use. But yes, ideally, we all fall into that effect. Uh, this this has been a really interesting and fun conversation so far. And uh, since we started with the Jolo Chip Challenge, it has to do with food and drink, something that's pervasive in our lives to a large extent. I'd like to to just talk about various diet fads Mm. and what to eat and what not to eat and things that particularly caught our attention rather gripped us especially during the two two and a half years of the pandemic i used to often wonder you know why is it that people are paying so much attention to food and drink Mm. and uh, you've been eating a certain kind of food for a very long time in your life and why do you want to suddenly change because somebody is saying something about it and uh, I must confess here that there have been times when I've fallen victim to it as well. Uh, for example, <laughs> what they started calling turmeric latte. This haldi dood that we've probably grown up on mm-hmm. and our mothers and grandmothers have been giving it to us for decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, suddenly, out of nowhere, you, this was usually something I'd have if I, I have a cold or a cough mm-hmm. or if somebody at home has a similar situation. And then for no reason at all, I started drinking it every night. And then after about two months, I said, what am I doing? <laughs> because it was actually making me feel a little uncomfortable. I, it's just that I don't talk 
tolerate milk too well. But just because others were doing it, I found myself doing it. So yeah, I think foods and I think I have to leave this statement by saying I wonder when they say eat what grows in your area and eat what is produced closest to you I think it makes sense locally because the minute you start going that extra or putting that extra effort to buy something which is really grown thousands and thousands of kilometers away from you in this day and age when we talk about sustainability and reducing a carbon footprint Mm -hmm. I think we need to be all the more cognizant of a bandwagon effect when we buy things that we need in our day-to-day lives and I think one of the ways like I mentioned choicelessness earlier to also counter this effect to a large extent is try to see what has worked for so many years mm. right and what has why are we suddenly changing why are we suddenly latching on to something i think i leave myself with this question and it helps me so i hope it can help others as well no i think this is something we'll have to think through chitra as you rightly said because see, we we didn't have much of choice uh, but currently we have a lot of choice we had our usual breakfast and routines. Currently, there is something called intermittent fasting, keto diet, GM diet and the protein powders. And then you have cereals and people are involving or buying more of organic products. And you don't even know if it's purely organic, right? But just because it's organic, everybody wants to buy it. I think that's again the bandwagon effect or bandwagon diet, we should call. So as you rightly said, we need to question ourselves because Jyoti and I also had a conversation about the 40s, the new 20s. So you want to add some points to this, Jyoti? (laughs) I think social media is just giving us more and more challenges, more and more trends to fall on, more and more hashtags to uh, adhere to. And uh, yeah, there are so many things like, you know, 30s are the new 20s or 40s are the new 30s. I mean, maybe uh, everyone wants to, I don't know, is it an effect of uh, people wanting to be younger or trying to be more cooler? uh... Yeah, I think it goes back to the sense of belonging, the need to feel a sense of belonging, the need to feel a sense of safety and security in numbers and the need to feel included. Yes. I think if we keep these in mind at being the base of a lot of these biases, it'll be helpful. I'm not saying that these are wrong. Mm-hmm. This is who we are as social sentient human beings on yes. this planet. This is how we've lived for all the years that we've been on this planet. Mm-hmm. So you can't really do away with it. But we, if we are mindful about it, I think we'll find ways of managing it. It is worth challenging our biases and examining them with a critical lens in context so that we can make informed decisions and solve problems. Thank you, Jyoti and Suchi. This has been a great conversation. Thank you, Chitra. Thanks Thanks for joining this time. Stay tuned to the Edge podcast for the next series of episodes on cognitive biases. Until then, keep asking the question, is that rational? subscribe to the edge podcast on your favorite podcast channel we are on google itunes spotify stitcher and more if you like this episode please share it with your friends if you have stories to share and want to be featured on our podcast write to us at podcasts at adepticlabs.com